You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Broussard, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Michael Delcom as he breaks open the readings for today. Certainly no hands to go up, but if you were listening to the story and trying to listen to where you might find yourself, the younger son or the older son, again, no hands in your own heart, do you find yourself relating more to the younger son or the older son? If you're anything like like me, I actually relate with both of them at different times in my life. Let's talk a little bit about the the younger son so we can put him in context. Maybe you've heard this story before. It was an absolute great insult for the younger son to even have asked what he asked for. Basically, his dad was still alive and he asked for the inheritance that he would receive when his dad dies. So he's basically saying, I don't want to wait for you to die. I want you to give to me what you're going to give me when you die now, which is an absolute insult. We could translate that into our modern day. And so the father who loves him, gives him, gives him half of his estate. And it says he, he went off to a distant country. All this language is really important. He goes off to a place where he knows no one, where it's very unfamiliar. But you can imagine in our young mind, sometimes we think the grass is always greener. I don't want to listen to my parents. I don't want to be held down by their rules and their laws. They're always trying to tell me what to do. I want to go to my own. I want to do my own thing. I want to find my own place. I want to make my own future without any hindrance, without anything holding me down. I'm not sure if you've ever thought about that or ever tried to do that. And it says he, he squandered everything. He spent everything. He lost everything. And it said he was so bad in such dire needs in a foreign place, if you can imagine, he was lonely, he was isolated, he he had nothing. He said he was so poor that he saw pigs eating, which is a huge thing for Jewish people. Like pigs were unclean, they had nothing to do with pigs, they couldn't eat them, they couldn't touch them. He was looking at what pigs were eating and he longed to eat what the pigs were eating And no one would even give him any of that food. Jesus is trying to paint a picture of maybe what it's like when you and I are stuck in our sin. We all have our sins. We, we would not sin if we wouldn't like to sin. We wouldn't sin if it wasn't attractive. We wouldn't sin if sin didn't offer us something appealing, if it didn't offer us a promise. There's something out there. There's something that you need to go get and you need to go grasp. And it's something out there that will fulfill you, that will satisfy you. If you just go out there, what you have right here, your marriage, there's always someone better. There's always... With your job, there's always a better job out there.
There's always something out there. There's always whatever that out there is. There's always a promise. There's always this relationship. There's always something. And isn't it true when we grasp at the something that promises us something, it always seems to fail to satisfy us. And we're left with loneliness, we're left with disappointment, we're left with frustration. And the ironic thing is we get mad at ourself. The devil turns on us really quickly. This is good, this is appealing, this will offer you something. And the minute we bite into it, he points finger at us. I'll keep it PG. You should have known better. You should have been wiser. How many times do you have to do this before you learn that it doesn't satisfy, right? And so there's this moment, a beautiful moment in the gospel that says he came to his senses and he thought, how good I have it with God. How good I have it with my father. And he starts going back and you can think of all the excuses that he was going to be making, right? All the excuses that we make when we go to God. Well, Lord, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to do it. He's, he's just feeling, he says, I'm not even worthy to go back. How many times we, we walk into the confessional and we, we're kind of spilling all of our sins. We're just kind of putting it all on the floor and we're, we don't feel worthy. We don't even feel worthy to look at God. That's kind of the picture that we have with the younger son. Just want to pause there. Let's go think of this older son. So the older son is the one who's doing everything right. He's the dutiful son. He's probably, he's the first born, right? He's always working hard, laboring. He's the overachiever, the overworker. They're the people who are always in mass, always doing the right thing, always praying, always being diligent, being obedient. But yet there's a certain characteristics of the older son that he was never really able to have joy. He was never really able to enjoy being with his father, being with his friends. He was always overburdened with obedience. He never found joy within obedience. He was somewhat resentful. Resentful that he had to be obedient. He did it, but a little resentful. And so we have this clash of these two people and, and maybe... I don't know where you find yourself. Maybe you find yourself just struggling with sin. Maybe you find yourself coming to mass for the first time in a while. Maybe you're given Sacred Heart a chance. You're giving God a chance. Maybe you haven't been to confession in a long while and you are just filled with guilt and filled with sadness and filled with disappointment and filled with this continuous pattern of behavior, of sinfulness in your own life. And, and you feel like you're just eating with the pigs and, and you're here just because your wife's here, you're here because your girlfriend's here, you're here because, well, it, I don't know, you were at a, a barbecue and somebody said, let's go to church and you didn't want to go home alone so you came here, whatever your situation. We may find ourselves in different situations but if we could, if we could, I think Jesus would want us to do this. Let's focus a little bit on the Father. 
Because the father is the most important person in this story. If you could be the father and put yourself in the father's place after considering if you're the younger son or the oldest son, if you could put yourself in the father's place who has two sons, and if you listen to the way the father talks, he doesn't care what the younger son has done, and it breaks his heart that the older son cannot enjoy what the, old, what the father wants. What does the father want? He wants both of his sons back in his house safe and sound. That's what a parent does. A parent wants their children home, wants them safe, wants them protected. A parent wants their children to see them as they truly are, beautiful. They want them to be happy. They want him to be free. And when the father looks at his younger son coming home, squandering all that he gave him, worn out, beat up, embarrassed, full of guilt, full of shame, he doesn't hold up his shame against him. He doesn't put a mirror to him. He doesn't give him all the reasons that he shouldn't be coming back home. No, actually, he cuts off all of the excuses. He, he prevents his son from telling him why he shouldn't be coming back home. He actually, all he wants his son to do is to remember who he is. You're my son. Put a ring back on his finger. Put clothes back on him. Let us rejoice and celebrate because my son is home. That's all he cares about. Let's stay with the father and let's look at the older son. He goes out to his older son and says, why aren't you coming to celebrate? Your brother is home. I mean, what does the brother do? Yeah, but there's no way I can celebrate your son. He doesn't even call him his brother anymore. He says, your son has come back home. After squandering everything, Dad, I've done nothing to hurt you. I've done nothing to lose your trust. I have been obedient all of my life. All the father wants his older son to do is to come in and to celebrate because his brother and his son are back safe and sound. And can you see how the older son is prevented from even celebrating because he's so angry and he's so envious? Here it is. St. Paul tells us in the second reading today, be reconciled with God. Paul is begging us to come back to God. And all of us, whether we are obedient and subtly jealous because other people are coming back to God, even after they've done so many things that we've been strong enough to not do, sometimes we can be angry and resentful at them. How can I do all of this stuff right all of my life? And someone can just come in at the back door at the last minute. You mean they can ask for forgiveness and God will forgive them? How is that just and how is that right? That's the way we see things. That's the way we see things. God's ultimate heart is shown through the Father. God's ultimate heart wants all of us to be with him 
forever in heaven. And God will do anything to get us back, including giving us his only son. So I want you to pray, like, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself as the younger son? I want you to hear the father's love for you. He doesn't look at your sin. He doesn't look at your past. He just looks at you. And he wants you to see him. And he wants to embrace you. And he wants to remind you of who you are. That you are not the sum total of all your faults. That you're not the sum total of all your failures. That your mistakes and what you have done doesn't make you who you are. You're ultimately his. And nothing can change that. And he wants you back home. And if you find yourself a little bit self-righteous at church, if you find yourself a little bit prideful that you're here all the time, a little bit prideful that you're faithful, a little bit prideful that you're the obedient one, I want you to hear the Father's heart that he's proud of you, but he also wants you to celebrate when people who are far off, when people who are stuck in sin, when people who are just down on their luck and they are grasping for anything. He wants you to rejoice when they make the first step back to God. God looks at all of us as his children. And this place, this home, this house is where we have a feast. Where Jesus gives us the feast of his son. He gives us the body and blood of his son Jesus, who is God, the word made flesh. What would our church look like if we were both the younger son and the older son who actually would be with the father celebrating? Both faithful, both trying to get our act back together but with the Father. Can we pray today that our Heavenly Father would bring us all together, that he, was give us, that he would give us humble hearts to ask for forgiveness and to celebrate when those who are asking forgiveness come back home, that we would be more interested in what the Father wants. Loving Father, I just surrender our parish, I surrender our school to you, I surrender our community. I ask that you would give us humble hearts, that we would ask for forgiveness when we need to, that we would welcome the sinner in our midst when they come, that we would never be so haughty, so proud as to think that we are better than anyone, that we would never think of our sin as too great as something that you can't forgive. Help us to be a people that is after your heart, who wants all people to be reconciled to you. Amen.